Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to season seven of What the Flock. This season, our goal is to carefully approach some very serious and often polarizing topics. The issues we're going to focus on have and continue to cause so much damage, people seem unable to civilly discuss these topics. The episodes in this season will give you the tools you need to facilitate your ability to talk about these topics in a beneficial manner. I'm joined by my co-host, Joel Swakowski. How are you, Joel? I'm doing great. How are you, Jonathan? Great, great, great. I have a, some disclaimers to give before Classic. we jump. Yeah, before we yeah. jump in. Now, the seriousness of these issues often results in people not hearing both sides before judging the issue. With that said, we encourage you to be careful sharing anything from these episodes with other people without first encouraging them to hear the entire episode for themselves. Also, in addition to listening to the entire episode for yourself, we highly recommend listening to any previous episodes that are referenced during this episode. Yes, yes, yes. Now, the topics we're covering this season are all topics that have been debated at length. The reason for this is because traditional debates do not work. Those types of debates pit two sides against each other. Each side is more concerned with trying to prove their own point, often becoming overly emotional about the topic and even triggering themselves and others. And instead of trying to learn something new or find out how they could be wrong, when it comes to these topics, people seem to want to root themselves even deeper into what they already believe. Right. And we saw with the previous six seasons that each issue has two perspectives that distract people from the ultimate answer. We called those the strict and loose side of the argument. Joel, can you give us an overview of both of those sides, please? Yes, sir. The strict side invites and initiates conflict on these topics. We see this side tends to be a bully, which we see that as someone using intimidation as a tactic to control people. This side holds people to strict standards, hence the term we use, the strict side, in which they rationalize away any need they would have to hold themselves to the same standard. The people on this side become hypocrites, like the Pharisees, when they are confronted and their response is to justify why they are able to hold others to a higher standard than they hold themselves to. The loose side avoids conflict and tension as much as possible. They want freedom no limitation and the standards they hold themselves to are based on how they and others feel which leaves them with no objective measures for what the moral answer is this side tends to be an enabler removing any discomfort brought on by confrontation and the people on this side show they don't actually care for others when they avoid confronting people who are in pain for their own benefit right thank you so we either have bullying tendencies or enabling tendencies. And the number one technique we're going to use throughout the season is to repeat back to the opposing side what they believe to their satisfaction before making my point. So if you tend to be on the loose side, you hear the strict side. If you tend to be on the strict side, you hear the loose side. It's the only way to have a profitable interaction because it causes people to listen to the other side once they know they have been heard. Debating would actually be a benefit if seeking first to understand was the guiding principle that the debating mediators followed. Although 
probably not entertaining as much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for you for might me, learn something, yeah. but yeah, I, yeah. for me, it'd be entertaining to to hear that. Yeah, I mean, we've we what are we on episode fourteen? I'm still having yeah. fun. Yeah, me too. We are going to focus on seeking first to understand, and with all of that that we said, with all the background, with all the disclaimers, we are now ready to approach the topic. So, Joel, what are we going to discuss today? Well. If you're listening to this episode, you likely have seen the title of the episode. So first, I just want to say, please call someone if you're having any thoughts or plans for self-harm in any way. And the topic for this episode today is suicide. Thank you. What's the strict side of the topic? The strict side is everyone who commits suicide ends up in hell. Okay. Well, let me repeat back that answer. Joel, what you said is everyone who commits suicide ends up in hell. Do I understand you? Yes, you do. Thank you. Great. What is the loose side of the topic? Loose side would be God determines whether a person who commits suicide goes to heaven or hell. Great. Allow me to repeat that back to you to your satisfaction. The loose side believes God is the one who determines whether a person who commits suicide goes to heaven or hell. It's really his responsibility to decide that not the action in and of itself are you satisfied joel i am thank you very much all right so let me summarize the damage the strict side believes everyone who commits suicide ends up in hell the loose side believes god determines whether a person who commits suicide goes to heaven or hell and it's just that's that simple yeah to repeat back yeah. to someone to their satisfaction. But if you notice, there's not a whole lot of emotion that we give to the topics when we yeah, address them. And that is one of the reasons why it goes so smoothly, why we can right. knock out these answers. Right. We're just trying to trying to hear the other person, trying to understand them. We have to pay attention to their words and what they mean. Yep. And, and that does help us focus being focused like that does help us not be overly emotional about it. So, yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Joel. Okay. Now let's look at the contrastive sides of this debate. So how would you argue, Joel, if you're on the strict side for the strict side? For the strict side, I would say suicide violates the commandment, thou shalt not murder. And murder is identified as a sin in the Bible. On the strict side against the loose side, I would say suicide, regardless of the intention, is in opposition to God's will. And on the strict side, a question I would ask someone on the loose side is, how can you confess and repent for a sin after you've died? Nice. Okay. How would you argue for the loose side? Now, if I was on the loose side, I'd say suicide is a cry for help that happens to end in death. It's not the person's intention to die. On the loose side against the strict, I would say, well, the Bible says blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is the only unforgivable sin. And then on the loose side, a question I would ask the strict side is, where is suicide specifically mentioned in the Bible? Do you think Jesus's death on the cross is unable to forgive the sin of suicide? And if it couldn't, wouldn't the Bible have plainly stated this? 
Nice. Okay. 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 So those are both sides. Now let's hear the ultimate answer. What is it, Joel? Ultimate answer. Well, big picture. Our answer is leadership, grace, and love with an emphasis on the Apostle Paul's approach that we shared in the season seven supplementary episode. Please, please, please listen to it. We need to know whether we are talking to a believer or an unbeliever. We need to know whether we are talking to someone who is strong in the faith or weak in the faith. We don't want to cause a believer to stumble, and we want to reach the unbeliever for God. Now, as this relates to leadership, we ought to seek to understand the other person's perspective. With this topic, we can start with making sure we understand each other's definitions of the key words we're using. In this case, suicide, murder, sin, etc. As it relates to grace and love, ultimately when interacting with either side, the person ought to take direction from God via grace in order to love that person. Grace and love are key to avoiding enabling and key to avoiding judging the other person with the hopes of either winning or edifying them. So, Listen to the Grace and Love episodes, Season 2, Episode 13, and Season 1, Episode 15, respectively, in addition to what I'm hoping you already listened to in the Season 7 supplementary episode. Now, as we do, let's get a little bit more specific. Cool. I'd like to offer you a perspective you may not have thought of as it relates to suicide. First, the most simple definition agreed upon for suicide is the act of taking one's own life voluntarily and intentionally. Hmm. Now, most importantly, this entire discussion is going to, pe- to depend on the person's definition, explanation, and measure for salvation, grace, and faith. Hmm. All episodes in season two. For example, a person who is a Calvinist is going to say the person couldn't lose their salvation no matter what they did. Now, the people who believe all who commit suicide end up in hell have to tie the act of suicide to opposing something that God does consider unforgivable. They have to do this because there aren't any verses in the Bible directly giving the answer to the issue of suicide, and the only unforgivable sin directly stated in the Bible is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Right. Now, the most popular argument is that the Bible is not mute on suicide because it is addressed as a law against murder in the Ten Commandments. Murder is viewed as the intentional taking of human life, even if the life taken is your own. Now, others take this to a higher level by pointing out the law against murder is so important for humanity that it is given to Noah and his family immediately after the flood. Genesis 9, 6, and 7 says, Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God, he made man. And as for you, be fruitful and multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply in it. This predates the Exodus account by approximately more than 1,000 years. 
the importance of this scripture passage is often overlooked. It's important because God established tenants against shedding blood long before the Ten Commandments were presented as the law for Israel. More nuanced arguments say suicide disregards the image of God that exists within every individual. We as image bearers are made for union with God, communion with others, love of self, and care for the world. That is, self-destruction rejects the special status humanity has as God's stewards over the earth, and it prevents future good works or action on God's behalf. These people would say scripture points out that we are not our own, but stewards of a life that God has given, and God is the only one who can determine when our service is complete and our intended purpose fulfilled. Basically, the belief here would be that suicide halts participation, care, and support for other people as God intended, which causes suicide to be seen as a sin against the entire community, not just the individual. Ultimately, the question is whether it was intentional or done in a moment of weakness. If the person has mental and or emotional issues, then some people believe catastrophic psychological disturbances can excuse the responsibility of the one committing suicide. Now, finally, how do you respond to this verse? John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Now, this could have been the question for the Lucite. Was Jesus saying the greatest love is sin? Hmm. Furthermore, we have other questions. Is the person committing suicide, if they give up their life for someone or choose to kill themselves to benefit someone else? Is it suicide to fight in a battle you know you are going to lose in order to save your family or community? Would that be a sin? Hmm. Is it a sin if a person commits suicide instead of experiencing torture or getting taken by an enemy? What we see here is with every other topic, God cares more about the how and why than the what. Even with suicide, the person's beliefs about this topic are going to differ in the how and why of this topic. So when we're discussing this topic, we need to account for the how and why. When we want to understand God's perspective of suicide, we need to account for the how and why. Hmm. And if not, how would anyone explain the following verse? John 10, 17 and 18. This is from Jesus. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. So Jesus stated himself that he laid down his own life. Now you may say, well, God told him to, he commanded him to. 
wouldn't that just make God the father in favor of, quote, suicide? Hmm. So regardless, and again, the point here is to be open to another perspective so we can discuss this topic in a civil manner. We need to account for the how and why a person would commit suicide. Again, thanks for listening. Please call someone if you're having any thoughts or plans for self-harm in any way. Nice. Thank you, Joel. Okay, I want to repeat back to you the ultimate answer. The Bible doesn't explicitly state anything about suicide. This is when having the right doctrine or God's doctrine is extremely important. So we need to account for the how and why to suicide. Was it intentional or done in a moment of weakness? If the person has mental or emotional issues, do the catastrophic psychological disturbances excuse the responsibility of the one committing suicide? Or is the person committing suicide if they give up their life for someone or choose to kill themselves to benefit someone else? Or is it suicide to fight in a battle you know you're going to lose in order to save your family or community? So you hear it a lot in movies. It's a suicide mission, right? Oh, there you go. Yeah. What about Jesus laying down his own life? Is that suicide? Would we count? Will we call that suicide? Ultimately, when interacting with either side, it's what season seven is all about, is interacting with both sides. Yeah. The point is, is we want to be interacting with either side, with any person, no matter their spectrum, with different views from yourself in a civil manner. That's what this is all about. So ultimately, the person ought to lead the other person by taking direction from God via grace in order to love them. That's the backward step. Grace and love are the key to avoiding enabling and the key to avoiding judging the other person with the hopes of winning them. And I love what you said here to any of our listeners out there um, to please call someone. If you're having any thoughts or plans for self-harm in any way, we want people to be safe. We want to be able to talk about this topic in a civil way. And we don't want anybody to make an emotional decision one way or the other. We're trying to help. Joel, is that to your satisfaction? It sure is. Thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate you taking the time to repeat that back to me. Absolutely. Thank you, Joel. This has been What the Flock. If you'd like a deeper study of this topic and how to deal with people who either bully or enable regarding this topic, listen to the Music of Life Church podcast companion episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.